Well, hello there, gamers. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon to all my friends out there in the land of Clash of Clans. I hope everybody is doing fantastic today uh, and that you are enjoying everything that's going on in Clash of Clans this week. Uh, welcome back to yet another episode of Clashing in Traffic. I am your host, Catfish, and uh, I am driving off to work this morning and i appreciate y'all hopping on in the car with me uh to keep me company while we drive so hop on in buckle up let's go play in some traffic y'all so what do we have going on in clash of clans uh, this past week we had clan games finish up and it was the ninth clash anniversary game so the rewards there was an extra tier that was available and uh the rewards were way better than last month and i think we all expected that uh, we knew that when we saw the the, eh, not as great rewards in July that that meant that August with the class anniversary coming up that the rewards were going to be that much better and they were they did not disappoint uh, those rewards in uh, Knights of Zion and Eden's Edge we were able to max out all of the tiers and uh, able to claim the double rewards on my accounts there uh, COTP plebs unfortunately did not max out uh, we weren't able to get to that that last tier finished off, um, and uh, yeah, part of that's part of that's my fault. I didn't I didn't finish off uh, the games with my two accounts there, and I got to look, and then even if I had maxed out the games on those two accounts, we would have still been uh, quite a bit short from getting that last tier. So uh, hopefully next time we have one of those extra tier clan games, we'll be able to knock those out in plebs a little bit better. But good job to the folks who did grind out some stuff in there. I know. A lot of the accounts there are folks third and fourth and fifth accounts, uh, so it can be difficult trying to get all of those taken care of uh, when you've got main accounts in, in several other clans. So I appreciate the guys who did stick around and, and get, a, get plebs to the amount of rewards that they were able to get to. And to the guys whose main accounts are in plebs, I'm sorry that you guys weren't able to get all the way up there to claim that last reward. <clears throat> But the rewards on my main account, on the Catfish Town Hall 14 account, those rewards were clutch. I already told you that I maxed out all of my heroes, so now I'm, I'm throwing all of the Dark Elixir, all of uh, the Hammers of Heroes, and all of the Books of Heroes at my pets. Uh, I was able to max out my Yak. Uh, I have determined that the Yak is, that's, that's my favorite pet right now. I, uh, I have the Yak paired with my Queen right now doing some queen charges uh, and even some suey stuff and having that that extra tank in front of her and the ability to bust through walls without needing to, to waste a wall breaker uh, for that first level of walls is, is fantastic uh, i was going back and forth between having the yak on the king or the queen and i just decided that having him on the queen seems to help me uh, a lot more uh, i currently have the unicorn which a lot of folks put on their queen i've got the unicorn sitting on my royal champion because she's coming in late right usually with the attacks that i'm using the royal champion's coming in late on her own to either help funnel um some loons into the right direction and, and, and take out like a, an air defense or, or something that's going to be wrecking my my air armies that i've been using uh, or even if it's a ground army again she's still coming in late a little bit and uh kind of waiting to see which way the army's going before I deploy that Royal Champion to know where she needs to go. So having that little bit of a, a heal from the Unicorn uh, has come in clutch a couple times. 
So like I said, those playing games and the rewards from that got my yak up to max and my other three pets are all sitting at seven. Unicorn is in the shop right now going up to eight and uh, hopefully by the end, I'm thinking end of October, maybe middle of October now because there were enough, uh, there were enough books and hammers and whatnot that I was able to get that I was able to shave a week or two off of my pet house time and after this next round of CWL, I should be able to shave another another week or two off of the, the, the time there for my pets. So hopefully by sometime in the middle of October, I will be completely and totally maxed out. Uh, right now I have six builders working on cannons. I have one more cannon after that. And then it is uh, one air bomb and several of the big bombs and little bombs to go. Uh, but once, once uh, oh, in the next... Before I get the season bank, I'll have about an hour before the season bank hits, I'll have a, heal a healer. I'll have a builder that'll free up and I'll be able to drop that last cannon before the price goes up. Uh, I'm not worried about spending the season bank so quickly because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about loot at this point. I always end up maxing out my loot before I have builders available. Um, Farming in Legend League has been really good to me. Even though I'm spending so much money on these long upgrades, uh, I want to get the long upgrade, the most expensive upgrade done before I lose that 20%, uh, the 20% reduction on both time and cost. So not that I'm worried about the cost of it, but it's the time. So now I'll be moving on to the shorter upgrades once I lose my, uh, my builder boost from the August season, the August gold pass. Uh, and then once the September one comes up, uh, it'll take me a couple days to get to the, you know, the 10 and the 15% discounts on that. And uh, we'll be working on the air bombs and little bombs and the big bombs there. So I right now am scheduled to have all of my defenses maxed out by the end of September. All, all that'll be, you know, all of my walls are done. The heroes are done. Uh, the lab's completely done. I should have all of the buildings and the bombs and the traps and all that stuff. That should all be done uh, by the end of September. So then it's just going to be those couple levels on the pets. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, another thing going on, man, this has been the month for events. I love August with Clash of Clans because of it being the birthday, the Clashversary event. Um, we get so many different events that go on, and it's just fun for me. It, uh, it makes me try new things. I have told y'all multiple, multiple times that I have just never been a guy who mastered hybrid. Um, the, the miners and the hogs, it, it, at Town Hall 8, 9, and even 10, I loved using hogs, but I was just never somebody who was able to pair that with the miners. I don't know why. Um, I, can, I can do lalo pathing. I'm not good. I'm not great at it, but I can do lalo pathing. But for whatever reason, hybrid pathing um, just... It, I never caught on. So yeah, I'm, I'm a noob attacker with that. And uh, yeah, it sucks that I wasn't able to master that attack. But this event that's going on right now, not not the event, but the events, because there's, well, three different troop events going on right now. We have the World Power, which requires six Valkyries, and the reward for that is a Power Potion. Uh, not that I need a Power Potion, because I'm, I'm full on those, but I turn those into gems, right? Turn those rewards into gems. Uh, the other one is the Finer Miner, which at Town Hall 14 requires 10 miners, and the reward is two research potions. I, I'm full on the research potions right now, so those will be going to gems, and uh, this event is going to be done before there's any content update that would require anything in the lab. 
Uh, so yeah, those those research potions are also going to be going to gems. Uh, the last troop event, well, the last new troop event is medium rare, which requires one inferno dragon, and you get two training potions. I will always go after two training potions. And speaking of two training potions, uh, I saw some chat in uh, a bunch of the Discord servers last night talking about the free book of building, and everybody was freaking out about the free book of building, which I went in and grabbed. I was like, thank you. I'm probably going to end up holding on to that book of building, though, until we get the next content update, because I already have everything planned out. Uh, I don't have any, well, I, you know, my, I have one more cannon. I don't think I'm going to waste that book of building on a cannon. I'm going to hold on to it and see uh, when I think that next content update is going to come out, because I, I have a feeling that we're going to have some buildings that I'd rather have upgraded uh, quickly than, or you know, more quickly than a cannon. That being, I'm pretty sure the next content update is going to include an expo upgrade for Town Hall 14s. So that is what I'm going to be holding on to there. Uh, unless Supercell decides to surprise us and add a new troop, which then means we're going to have a new barrack level, and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use that book on that on my barracks. But I don't know that that's what we're going to see yet. We, we could. We'll find out. Uh, there hasn't really been any any leaks about any new troops. There's been some leaks about new levels to troops, uh, but nothing nothing yet saying that we're going to get a new troop. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens with all that. Uh, finally, we have the uh, spell event going on right now. So all spells are 80% off. That it, it, at the town hall 14 level, I, I, you know, because of how much loot we're grabbing, I'm not too concerned about the price of spells. But on some of the lower accounts, that is awesome. Um, because now I can farm up with, say, on my Town Hall 9, something like Lunion, which is usually a pretty cheap farming army, but now it costs even less because of all the spells that you have to use on that. Uh, so the 80% discount on the spells is fantastic for some of the lower level guys to, to quickly farm up uh, some of their accounts there. So that's great. And then we do still have, it is the last day, last couple hours, of the Party Wizard event. I hope that everybody has finished off that Party Wizard event uh, because you got a Rune of Elixir from that. Now, I used... I think I already used that Rune of Elixir? Uh, maybe not. I might still have that Rune of Elixir in storage because I don't have anything that I can spend Elixir on at the moment. <laughs> all the walls are done, the lab's done, and you know the warden's done, so that, that's all the, the Elixir stuff. Uh, so I'm just sitting there collecting Elixir waiting for the next upgrade. The only thing I need right now is gold but that is coming quickly because uh i'm already full on gold and in uh the next well the next several hours after this gets released i'll be be spending all that gold on that cannon um so i'm not i'm not hurting on the loot there but uh yeah having that rune of elixir sitting in the storage is going to be great for whenever the next update does come i still think that update's going to be in october i know there's there's several folks who were talking about it looking like September, but we have never had a content update in September since Supercell moved to the seasonal format for all of the updates. Uh, the autumn update has always been in October. Now, what does that mean? Clearly, if we go back several several months ago, uh, when, when I first started this podcast, I made a bold prediction that we weren't going to see Town Hall 14 in April, and we saw how well that worked out. So the fact that I am highlighting we've never had a content update in September since Supercell moved to this seasonal uh, the seasonal way of doing updates, pretty sure that means Supercell's listening. And now th they're going to do that. Y'all are going to get the seasonal update now in September simply because they want to prove 
catfish wrong. And part of the reason I know this is as we move into this next question. See, I talked about this being the last day of the Party Wiz event, and then I got a question uh, in the Discord, in the Ask Catfish section of the Discord. This comes from OU. OU, uh, he left a long one here, so so bear with me as I read this question, and you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this, uh, talking about seasonal troops and supercell listening in. OU says, back from my clashcation, sorry about that dip in listenership in Finland, but back on track now. I let the peeps at Supercell know that they better come out with the Royal Ghost again because my friend Catfish says so. Speaking of seasonal troops and traps too, I guess, my question is how would you rate each of them? Hint, hint, remember El Primo? That shrink tra trap was pretty OP too, but also annoying. All right, y'all, uh, I took notice one day as I was looking in my, my analytics for the podcast that I had some listeners from Finland. What else is in Finland? Supercell headquarters. And I thought, hey, that must mean Supercell's listening, right? And then OU chimes in and says, no, no, it's just me. OU's a guy, uh, he's been over in the Clash Files family for a while. He's been uh, hanging out in plebs and, and occasionally dropping in. He comes in with his town hall mines for CWL. He's got, I don't know, how many town hall mines do you have, OU? Like 40 of them. Uh, <laughs> dude's a, a town hall nine master, loves competing with the, the town hall nine level leagues, and uh, it, it's great. Uh, but OU is located in Finland. So uh, here's 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 the conspiracy theory. I haven't seen Supercell um, prove me wrong in a while. And then I see that OU was on a clashcation and had a dip in listenership. So here's the conspiracy theory. OU, are you a spy for Supercell? Come on, man. You, you can tell me. I promise. I promise I won't tell anybody else. There's only like three people that listen to this podcast. Uh, so... It's just me, you, and and some other guy that, that likes to throw shade at me. But, but we'll, we'll, we'll ignore that for now. You, you can tell me, bro. Are you a spy for Supercell? I hope so. Uh, and I hope that they listen to you about that royal ghost. So let's... That question, that question about seasonal troops, that could be an entire episode all to itself. And... I don't know if I'm going to do it all justice, right? I'm going to try to summarize some stuff here in this next little bit, but it seriously could be an episode all to itself. And uh, if there's anybody else out there that, that loves the seasonal troops, I, you know, I'd love to sit down and talk about them. Uh, I've never, I've never been a guest on another podcast and I've never had any guests on this one just because of the, the format and, and the timing of my stuff, the way it has to work out, man, I'd love to, I'd love to chat about some of the the seasonal troops. So let's let's just go down a quick list of the seasonal troops that we have had. We've had the Ice Wizard, the Battle Ram, the Pumpkin Barbarian, the Giant Skeleton, the Skeleton Barrel, El Primo, the Party Wizard, and the Royal Ghost. So how would I rate these? Um, Y'all, this is purely for nostalgia regions. You see, when I first was introduced to the Ice Wizard, I don't remember if it was when my main account was a Town Hall 8. I think it was, I think the main account was a Town Hall 9 at that point. But my one of my second accounts, no, the main account must have been a Town Hall 8. Uh, and at that point, I was just rocking Town Hall 8 with Hogs. Hogs still to this day dominate Town Hall 8. I know that since the change to the, the Lightning spell that Dragons have become even more more in meta for Town Hall 8. There's a lot of folks who have always said that Town Hall 8 was rolled by dragons, uh, but 
I don't think you can guarantee, at least not back before they changed the the lightning spell. I don't think you could guarantee a three star on every town hall eight base with dragons. Uh, they were great. They could be good for farming up your DE on that that uh at that town hall level. But there were some bases that just could not be wrecked by dragons. Hogs, however, once you learn how to path hogs and how to predict where the double giant bombs were going to be. Um, now remember, back back in that in that day, double giant bombs uh, were the death of hogs, whether you had a heal on them or not. Uh, I'm talking back when when giant bombs preferred hogs and did extra damage to hogs. All you really had to do, if you could figure out where those double giant bombs were going to be, you could wreck a base with hogs. Uh, and it and it I loved it. Well, the nice thing about <laughs> the thing that I liked about the the ice wizard they paired well to me with hogs because the ice wizard is the only troop that focuses on defenses right the ice wizard prefers to go to defenses but the the special thing about the ice wizard is it's the only it's the only troop that prefers defenses that is a ranged attack so every other troop that goes after defenses doesn't have any range right so what do we have we have giants we've got hogs we have balloons uh well lava hounds uh golems ice golems those things they they prefer to go after defenses and well i take that back because the dragon rider now does does have some range to it right but at the time uh it was the only it was the only uh troop that, that preferred defenses that, that had range to it and I loved that troop at Town Hall 8. Uh, it, it was just so much fun to put in a wall of a few giants to tank and then have those ice wizards behind. And all you had to do was then worry about breaking walls or jumping walls and then just keep sprinkling in some giants that would step up ahead. You had to time it to where when the first wall of giants was dying, the next wave of giants was coming in so that those ice wizards could be continuing to batter on the defenses. Not only did they target defenses, but they, sl- they they had a freeze effect that slowed down defenses. So like our ice golems now, you know, when they hit a defense, it kind of slows it down. And having that with the ability to reach over walls was just awesome. So the ice wizard to me was OP the first time I used it. Now I know it's come out a couple times since then, and it's not been as OP. Yeah, they've, they've done some changes to it, some, some tweaking and some balancing and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, that that was my favorite seasonal troop for a long time. I actually held on to some of them in one of my mini accounts for, oh, I had, I had a couple of them in my camps for a couple of years until Supercell made it to where uh, seasonal troops disappeared. They just, you know, you used to be able to hold on to them. You could keep them in your army camps forever. Uh, and that was fun for those of us that had multiple accounts to, you know, to be able to have a seasonal troop that was stored away in a mini account somewhere sitting in the army camps you just would never use them um and that was i had that on my my little catfish account for for a long time until supercell changed it and said that when a uh, a seasonal troop event ends <clears throat> excuse me that those troops would then disappear uh so yeah ice wizard was awesome i loved it it hit it just the right time uh what's next battle ram so battle ram did extra damage to walls um so it was you know it was a, another troop from clash royale uh some barbarians that were holding the you know under a log they would run towards a wall they did extra damage to walls once they hit the wall uh they would the barbarians would then come out and 
start attacking whatever was around it. So they could they could bust through walls and then have those little barbs come out. I like those. Uh, they you know I used them for the events and whatnot that were going on at the time. I think I, I probably used them a little bit in some of the some of my raiding attacks and uh, in certain specific spots and wars they were good, but they just they weren't that OP to me. Uh, the pumpkin barb, pumpkin barb was nice because it essentially turned it it made sure that the barbarians could not be one shot. So the pumpkin that they wore on their head gave them a shield, and that shield would always take 100% of the first damage. So it didn't matter how big the damage was, that shield was going to take it. Uh, so if the barbs happened to step into a giant bomb, the bomb was going to go off and destroy their shield, but not damage the barbs. So those were pretty epic. Uh, I know that I use those a ton uh, to do some barch when I was farming up some of my mini accounts, uh, because you know I didn't have to worry about bombs taking them out. I could just spam those suckers around the base, they would trigger the bombs, send another wave of them in, some archers behind, and you could barge a bunch of bases, and, and it was awesome. So yeah, the pumpkin barbs were kind of cool. Next guy, uh, Giant Skeleton. Okay, so I mentioned last episode that I still do occasionally play Clash Royale. Uh, and in Clash Royale on my... Now, I've never spent any money on Clash Royale. I've never bought any... any I don't even know what they call them. It's like the, the equivalent of the gold pass, right? Never spent any of that. Uh, I took a couple years where I didn't play it at all. But the deck, my main deck that I have, that I have focused, um, you know, I always buy these cards when I see them in the shop. And if I have any of the now that with the new magic items where they kind of like have the wild card things, um, I always focus those things on this deck. But the deck that I use is the Giant Skeleton deck. That is my favorite card in Clash Royale. I'm not saying it's the best card in Clash Royale. It just happened to be the one that I got leveled up enough and was able to get used to using. Uh, because, again, free to play there, so I have to, you know, I can only try to level one deck. And my deck's not even maxed. You know, I don't have a single card that is maxed out. I, you know, I don't even know how long that would take as free to play for a guy who only logs in, oh, a couple times a week, right? But I love... The giant skeleton. And I loved the giant skeleton when it came to Clash of Clans. It was another troop that preferred defenses, right? Uh, so the giant skeleton had a lot of HP. It could tank for stuff. If you could break that sucker into the base, it would go after uh, defenses. And then whenever it finally died, it dropped that bomb and did a bunch of area damage to whatever was next to it. Uh, and that's part of the reason I like it in Clash Royale, because if I could get it onto the tower... Uh, then in, even if they kill it, it's still going to do some damage to the tower. And that, that's great. So again, Giant Skeleton was cool to me. I love the seasonal... I guess I like the seasonal troops that go after defenses, right? I huh, never even realized that. But yeah, Giant Skeleton was cool to me. Uh, enjoyed using that guy. Uh, maybe we'll see him again next... Not next month, because it's now the end of August. Uh, by the time some of y'all listen to this, it might be September. But maybe we'll see that troop come back in October. Uh, but... I'm hoping the one that they bring back is actually a little bit further down on the list. Uh, next one, El Primo. I know that there were a ton of people who just thought El Primo was the bomb. Um, and I wasn't one of them. I know. That's weird. El Primo definitely had uh, his uses. I just didn't see him as being completely and utterly OP. Uh, what was El Primo's special thing? He targeted defenses. But he did 20 times damage to walls. So we have we have a troop 
that targets defenses and does extra damage to walls. Does that does that sound familiar to anybody? Is El Primo in the game today? Well, let's let's take a look at this. Let's go over to your Super Sana and uh, look at the Super Giant. What does the Super Giant do? The Super Giant targets defenses and does extra damage to walls. So he doesn't do quite as much. I think the estimate is that the Super Giant does about five times damage to walls. So it takes him it takes him more than one hit to get through some of the, the higher level walls, right? But just like El Primo, he targets defenses, has more HP, has uh, more more DPS than a regular giant, and he does extra damage to walls. So we, we do kind of have a very similar troop to El Primo already in the game. So I don't know that we're going to see him again. He was released as uh, it was released at the time when the Brawl Stars um, global release was being celebrated. Uh, so that's why we had him around for a little while. But now we've got Super Giant, so I don't think we need to see El Primo again, right? Uh, then the Party Wizard. Um, yeah, the Party Wizard has its uses. Uh, it's it's fun to see him every year. He gets his, his you know little costume. Um, I like I like the the Party Wizard in real life much better than the one in uh, Clash of Clans, I guess. And that's you know that's because our community manager Darian is the guy who dresses up as the Party Wizard every year when it comes time for those things. And I tell you, he really does look like the Party Wizard, doesn't he? Did they did they model that after? I don't I don't know I don't know y'all, but uh, shout out to Darian for being willing to to get costumed up when uh, whenever Supercell needs him for those crazy things going on. Uh, but the Party Wizard has increased DPS and speed over the regular Wizard, but he's a little squishier. He doesn't have nearly as many hit points. So yeah, there's there's some uses for him, but then he's balanced out that you know he can be one shot by a lot of stuff, uh, and the the Wizards are already a little squishy. So that little bit of HP reduction, um, I, I haven't used, I, I use the party wizard to get the event done, but I don't think I've used any party wizards in any wars that I've done. Um, maybe just as a funneling troop, because, you know, I'm expecting the funneling troops are going to get down those one or two buildings that they need to get down and they're going to die. So uh, the fact that they can get them down a little bit quicker can help. Now, my, my favorite uh, the, the troop that I thought was the most OP, the, the, the seasonal troop that I thought was the most OP, is the Royal Ghost. Um, the Royal Ghost is another troop that targets defenses. They have a lot of defense targeting troops when they do these special um, seasonal troops, right? But the Royal Ghost was invisible for the first 12 seconds. While it was invisible, it could walk through walls. And then when it did start hitting defenses, it also had a freeze effect. So if you were able to get any sort of tanks in with those Royal Ghosts, there was there was nothing that could be done to stop them. That troop was so utterly OP. It took over the meta when they had those things in there. It was messing up all kinds of League stuff. Leagues then started banning them, saying, no, you can't use them. And they, there's Leagues to this day that say no seasonal troops, which kind of makes sense for League structure. Um, but again, if, if the leagues are supposed to be, well, the leagues are not all leagues are supposed to be um, showing, you know, just the best of the best with regards to what's going on in game. The leagues are, are, are some league can be separate, and they're trying to just show the best of the best for what the normal stuff is. Uh, but like CWL, Supercell CWL, it is you you can use whatever's available in game, right? Um, and I and even the World Championships. 
they've, they've had guys that were using party wizards there in the, the last couple months, and uh, that was just fine. And some of the other leagues that were going on, there were some some teams that were disqualified because they had a party wizard in their in their league lineup uh, when they did some hits. So uh, yeah, but the Royal Ghost, man, the Royal Ghost was it was meta changing. Um, everybody was spamming those things in. You could just take a whole ton of them and just sprinkle them around. Uh, maybe maybe jump in some uh, some tanks to help them out. But yeah, the Royal Ghost being able to get in there and, and just be invisible, get through walls, didn't have to worry about, you know, didn't have to worry about jump spells, didn't have to worry about air targeting defenses because that's not what they were. They were a ground defense or a ground troop. Uh, so the, the like air defenses didn't go after them. Um, yeah, it, it, it was just nuts. Now the Royal Ghost could also be used to trigger a, a clan castle, right? The, the, if the Royal Ghost stepped into range of the clan castle while it was invisible, the clan castle troops would pop out, but the clan castle troops would then not do anything until the Royal Ghost was became visible again. Uh, so there were some, some tricks that you could do for um, triggering the CC with the Royal Ghost, uh, freeze, poison, and uh, take care of the clan castle that way. Uh, there, there was all kinds of things that were going on with that Royal Ghost. So it's, it's a fun troop. And we haven't seen it for a long time. I hope that we will be able to see it sometime soon. Maybe in October they'll bring that sucker back out. But who knows? Uh, now the other thing that OU asked about was the the seasonal traps. We've had three seasonal traps since um, Clash of Clans came out. The one that he mentioned was the shrink trap. We just recently saw the shrink trap because it was in the birthday challenge, right? One of those little quadrants had some of the shrink traps in it. Uh, the shrink trap would what it says it shrinks the troops and it weakens their attack ability when the shrink trap was actually in game there was a glitch to it though um, if your heroes got shrunk they could be taking damage while they were shrunk if the heroes didn't die while they were shrunk when the shrink wore off the hero's hp was restored to whatever the hp was when they got shrunk so there was some, it was a glitch that was in there, but there was some benefit to the people that figured out what was going on. Um, you knew that as long as they stayed alive, they could take as much damage as they wanted. And then once that shrink wore off, they were going to get that HP back. Now they, they fixed that. I don't think it was in the, uh, the birthday challenge, um, but that was, a, that was a glitch that was in there for a while with the shrink trap, which... You know, if I knew that if I could if I could guess where that shrink trap was going to be, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to send that 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 barbarian king and queen in there and let them do their thing. They're going to tank for a little bit. They're going to take some damage and then boom, they're going to be right back to the health that they were before the shrink started. Uh, but yeah, the shrink trap was absolutely annoying uh, for for regular troops, right? You get those suckers in there. One yeah, it, it meant that they weren't going to be doing as much damage. Two, it made it more difficult to see the suckers. So then it's tough to, you know, pay attention. Do I need to drop any any supporting spells to keep them alive? What do I need to be doing here? Uh, so yeah, it was a uh, it was interesting. Uh, I think one of the very first seasonal traps that they had was the pumpkin bomb, um, and it was it was essentially it, it was a bomb that was inside of a, a pumpkin. Uh, and this was back before you could upgrade the traps, so it did uh, it did slightly more damage than a a level one or what would have been a level two bomb, even though there were no level two bombs at the time. So it just did a little bit extra damage. It was another bomb that did a little bit of extra damage. 
Now the final trap, uh, the final seasonal trap that we had was called the Santa Strike. It was a trap that could be set up on the base, but it essentially did the same thing that, well, oh, you didn't bring these up, but there were actually seasonal spells too. And we've had seasonal spells just about every Christmas. I don't know if it's been every Christmas, uh, but there's the Santa Surprise seasonal spell. And the Santa Strike was essentially a trap that would be set up on the base, and that when it was triggered, it would then call in a, you know, a Santa Surprise um, attack. Uh, so Santa's sleigh would fly over the base and drop bombs on uh, the area around where the trap was set up, and those bombs would do damage to any of the attacking troops, both air and ground. Uh, so it was a, it was a you know just a way to call in an airstrike against the attacking troops. Very similar to the next thing are seasonal spells, right? So we have the Santa Surprise was a spell that it's been we've had it in game several times and they have done several tweaks to it also. Um, it essentially does a little bit more damage than a lightning spell. Um, and it was, but the, but it was all it was spread out further, so it was more difficult to guarantee where each of those lightning bolts was going to drop. So um, back in the day when the lightning was the the two spell space, it, it had a little bit bigger radius to it, um, and it had multiple bolts that would come down. They all wouldn't hit the same spot. So like if you were trying to zap out uh, an air defense, you had to make sure that you drop that thing right on the top of the center of the air defense to ensure that enough of the bolts would actually hit the air defense instead of the area around the air defense. If you dropped it on a corner of an air defense, then sometimes, sometimes there would be enough lightning strikes on it to take it down. Sometimes a couple of the lightning strikes would miss the air defense because while it was kind of doing area damage, it, it really wasn't. It was doing single damage to multiple areas and then the areas that it was hitting were actually random. Um, so it was, it was kind of fun trying to figure out how to do the lightnings back then. Well, the Santa surprise did more damage, but it spread it out, out even further. So I remember when that came down, we were trying to decide, you know, we looked at the DPS of the thing and thought, Hey, this is actually going to do more damage to air defenses. We can use two of those and, and a quake instead of, you know, whatever it was we were doing at the time it was three and a quake or, you know, it's been so long ago. I don't even remember how many zaps and how many quakes we needed for the old school air defenses. But then we found out that, yeah, it does more damage, but it spreads it out. So you couldn't guarantee that those little presents that Santa was dropping were actually going to explode where you wanted. Um, the thing that I like about both the Santa Surprise and the Santa Strike was that it left presents on the base. Uh, so you, you every once in a while you'll see some bases that have little presents that are sprinkled around. And they acted just like the tombstones that you collect, right? The little presents would be left behind. So if you were attacking a base and you dropped a Santa Surprise then uh, the person, when they would log in, they'd find those little presents and give them a little bit of elixir. Uh, and same if you had that Santa Strike trap set up. Every time somebody triggered that trap, Santa would come and drop the bombs on the troops that were attacking your bases, and then you'd have those little presents sitting there. I had, oh man, on, I think it's on my Cat of Nine Fishes account, my Town Hall 9 that is in COTP plebs. I had those presents on that base for years. Uh, it was just one of those things I never collected the tombstones or the presents, so they were there. Um, yes, it made base building difficult because I had to work around the presents and whatnot, but they were there. It was just one of those obstacles, uh, you know, that every a lot of people like to hold on to the obstacles that spawn 
and and save them forever uh, well i had that with the presents i had i think i had both the yellow ones and the red ones on that base and then it was that 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 account stayed at town hall seven for a long time and then i decided i was going to push it up to town hall nine because i missed town hall nine and it was when I was moving that base around and trying to build a base around those stupid little presents, and I bumped the presents and collected them all. So now I don't have a base with any of those presents on it. And it makes me sad, guys. It makes me sad. Oh, well, I'll get over it. Uh, the last seasonal thing we had was called the Birthday Boom. So this was a spell that uh, essentially dropped a bomb uh, and then stunned whatever was around it. So kind of like, um, kind of like having a bomb with a freeze effect on it. And it's been, it's, I don't even remember how long ago that was, but that was the last of the seasonal troops, spells, and traps. Uh, yeah, again, my favorite, the Royal Ghost, and back when it first came out, the Ice Wizard, because of where I was at when it came out. I don't think that the Ice Wizard is as OP at these higher level Town Halls, uh, but back when I was using it at Town Hall 8, man, that guy was awesome. So uh, thanks, OU, for the good question that generated a lot of discussion. Um, and that was just me summarizing what it was. I'm sure that some of us could, could banter back and forth for a long time talking about what our favorites were, what the pros and cons, uh, and, any, and, and what any potential new seasonal things that Supercell might have in store for us. Uh, speaking about what they have in store for us, our next segment is going to talk about maybe a little bit of that. So while we don't have any any confirmations on, on the next update and what might be coming, uh, we know that now that we have many more folks who are getting uh, to being maxed out. There's a lot of Town Hall 14s that have finished everything. Uh, most of the, well, I would say all of the guys who have finished have, have spent money on the game, which is great. That's what keeps Supercell employed so that they can continue to put out great content for us. Uh, those of us who are more on the, what, what do we call it, freemium side, uh, who only purchase the gold pass, we are almost maxed out. Um, I'm, I'm sitting at, I don't know, number two or three on the war map three or four on the war map and KOZ. All I do is the uh, the gold pass, and we've already talked about my plan on when I should be done. Uh, but this past, oh, about a week ago, uh, there was an interview that Darian sat down and did. Uh, Darian being our community manager for Clash of Clans, he sat down with McKenzro Gaming. Now, McKenzro, he has a YouTube channel, um, Kind of relatively small YouTube following uh, for now. He's, he's growing, uh, steady growth in his his uh, his channel. But clearly, he's got some connections and puts out some some decent content because Darian was willing to sit down with him. Now, the thing that I like about McKenzro, uh, anybody who's a podcast fan, if you constantly search for Clash of Clans podcast, you'll see that at one point he was putting out portions of his uh, YouTube content in podcast form also. So he has a, uh, a series that he calls the Mac Report, and it's, it's really podcast format. It's him interviewing people. Uh, he did an interview with Clash Bashing uh, back right after. It was like the day after uh, Mad Ram, uh, which is Clash Bashing's uh, uh, clan, they had been eliminated from the f their first attempt into one of the world qualifiers due to some 
well, let's say some mismanagement of, of the tournament format. Um, and he had, he did a, an interview with with Bash about that, uh, which was a, which a great interview. Uh, and then just recently, he did an interview with uh, Darian, like I said. And he has, in the past, put out those interviews in podcast format as the Mac Report. So it's on YouTube. You can watch it. I think he streams it live. I honestly don't remember where he's streaming, if it's, uh, if it's on YouTube or on Twitch also. But he streams these interviews and gets a chance to sit down and ask folks questions. Uh, he stopped putting them out in podcast form, and I actually I sent a comment to him, and he responded to it. He said, hey, you know, there's a, there's a, a rather large, well, I don't know how large, but there is a, a contingent of people who are enjoying the podcast format and, and recommended that, hey, maybe you, maybe you do continue putting those out in podcast form. So hopefully we'll see the Mac report back in podcast form at some point. But if not... Go check out McKendro Gaming on YouTube and, and watch the interview that he did with Darian. It's got some, it's got some nice uh, content. Some, uh, you know, Darian doesn't give away too much, but it's it's still nice hearing our community manager talking about what Supercell is doing to improve the game we have all uh, come to love. Uh, now he did say, uh, this being Darian said that the autumn update, and again, didn't say which month it was going to be, but the autumn update won't be a major content update. Uh, He said it's going to be a medium update. So there's not going to be any massive, massive things in it. However, he did say, this is quote, it will change the meta a little bit. Well, last update was all focused on air, and now the meta is all air. Uh, and like I've said before, I think that the next update is going to be focused more on ground. And he said it's not going to be massive, it's not going to be major, which leads me to believe we're not going to see new troops. But I think some new levels of troops, some new levels of defenses, and maybe a slight shift to a little bit more ground meta is uh, in the works. I'm not going to say that the air meta is going to go away and that that uh, Hydra or... QC Lalo is ever going to not be strong, but he did say that the next update will change the meta a little bit. And then he also teased at some potential other things that are coming. Uh, not necessarily content, but some big things. There were a lot of questions that were in that in that interview, a lot of good stuff. But let me read this, this quote from him, from Darian, that is. It says, there are some features that we are working on that we have actually been working on for a long time. Okay, so this is Catfish breaking in here. What sort of features has Supercell been working on for a long time? Features that have been discussed in the forums and on Reddit and in many different things. I think that this, what he's talking about, could potentially be some of the improvements to the recruiting system and the clan system, right? Those are some things we in the community have all been talking about and asking for Maybe that's what Darian's talking about. Okay, so back to Darian's quote. He says, they are incredibly complex. I don't want to promise when they are coming out, when, they will, when they're being released. It's one of those things like, we've got something awesome, but I don't want to talk about it yet. Because it's... And then Darian pauses for a second. Kind of chuckles to himself and he says, I almost said something. I was that close to almost giving something away. So Darian kind of prides himself on on not revealing secrets ahead of time. And uh, he goes on in this interview to talk to McKendro about how 
this was the first time that he almost slipped up. He was super close to almost slipping up on what these awesome things are. So here's our community manager talking about whatever these things are they've been working on for a long time are awesome. Now, I think he was pretty clear to say that this is not what we're going to expect in the the autumn update. Because again, the autumn update was not going to be a major content, uh, a major content update. So small content update is what I'm predicting in autumn. I still think it's going to be October. Like I said before, mortars, expos, I think we're going to see upgrades to those. Uh, pretty sure we're going to see a new level to um, golems. I think I've already seen some leaks about what the artwork is for the update to miners. Um, what other ground troops could they potentially be making some changes to, adding levels to, I don't know. And is there a potential that maybe Dragon Riders will get a nerf, a slight nerf, um, so that we can get that that meta change? Well, that, that leaves most of the defenses then at Town Hall 14 will have received an update at that point. Um, a lot of the troops, we will have, we've had our, our new troop then come in with the Dragon Rider. Most of the, the major troops will have their updates. I think maybe in the winter update is potentially when we could see whatever this new change is, or we'll start to see some more levels to heroes uh, and potentially pets. I know that, that that's a ton of DE that we've all already spent. All of us Town Hall 14s have already spent a ton of DE. Uh, but I, I think we're going to see, I'm positive we're going to see some more hero levels at some point. Is it going to be in the fall update? Is it going to be the winter update? I don't know. But we do have the Supercell team working diligently on getting us some, not just some new content for this medium update that we're going to see in this fall, but also uh, some awesome updates in Darian's own words on some features well, he didn't say gameplay, but features. I think in the way the words that he chooses to use and the words that he chooses to not use, I really think uh, can be telling. So the fact that he's talking about features really leads me to believe that it's going to be something about management, whether it's clan management, recruitment. Are we going to finally see where we can have like sister clans officially, um, different chat things? I don't know. But that was one of the goals when they, they did away with global chat. Part of that was so that they could take the team the team that was dedicated to just moderating the cesspool that could have been global chat some of us love global chat we had some good times with certain things in there but it really it had to be a nightmare sometimes for the moderators who are moderating global chat in multiple different languages doing away with that freed up some well freed up some manpower freed up some money to get different manpower so that they could focus on other things and we've all complained since then about the recruiting features in game not quite being up to what we would like uh, most of us who are doing recruiting have to do it in other means right we're, we're recruiting from discord servers through reddit through youtube channels uh, word of mouth whatever the the in-game stuff is not necessarily what we want and maybe we're finally finally going to see uh some changes to that i don't know but that's just my guess on what Darian was alluding to there. Uh, some other things that uh, they discussed that I, it's, it's a question that I know a lot of us have complained about. Um, it's not something that really impacts the real gameplay, but it has to do with friendly challenges. A lot of us 
think that we should be able to do friendly challenges while our heroes are regenerating, right? You go out, you do a raid, your heroes are down, um, we post FCs in chat, and I you can't do that FC until the heroes are up, even though you can have an FC army even while your real army is still being trained. Uh, and Darian was pretty clear to say that there is absolutely no intention to allow heroes uh, to be used while they are still regenerating or while they're being upgraded, even in friendly challenges and in friendly wars. And that had to do part of it, right? He's like, where do we draw the line? Because if we move on to, okay, we'll let you have your heroes for this, well, then that impacts some of the, the coding and things that could impact, well, the friendly wars, and do we let people do friendly wars when they have it down? And it's just this snowball effect that they've said, this is where we're going to draw the line. Uh, no heroes in friendly challenges while the heroes are regenerating. So, yeah, that kind of makes me sad because it's sometimes difficult to wait for those guys to get up. We'd love to be able to just do friendly challenge after friendly challenge, do a raid, hop right into a couple friendly challenges to kill some time, and uh, then move on to the other things we got going on. All right, now, as I think back to what I've talked to you all about, uh, I realized that I started to get into some topics and then trailed off because as I'm driving down the road, it's kind of difficult sometimes to pay attention to any sort of show notes while also paying attention to the traffic that's around me. So yeah, that's, that's one of the, the casualties of the way the format is uh, that I'm doing this is that, uh, yeah, you get stuck with me rambling sometimes and, and I apologize if that's, you know, boring to you or, or offensive to you, but we're going to circle back now and talk about a couple little things. We talked about I talked about the events that were going on and about the trader. So I started talking about the two training potions, and it reminded me about the trader who had that that uh, the the book of building. Well, the other thing the trader had that I didn't notice until this morning, I noticed last night when everybody was freaking out about the book. He also has two training potions for 20 gems. Um, yeah, that's totally worth it, y'all. the The training potions are normally what 25 gems if you're going to buy them and now he had two of them for 20 so yeah snatch up those training potions uh it's a, a fantastic deal the other thing he had was research potions which i believe those were for 85 gems so that was yes cheaper than normal um but again i'm not needing research potions at the moment and there were already research potions with one of the events so I, i'm not really needing that now to the events. I mentioned earlier how I'm not really a, high, a hybrid guy and then started talking about the events that we had going on. Well, I brought up that that hybrid, my lack of skill with hybrid, because that's that's essentially what I'm doing now with this event army. Uh, so shout out to my man, Sir Pup, who, man, I talk about him on every episode, but you know what? When dude goes 700% in SCCWL at the champion league level, he deserves as many shout outs as we can give him. So, uh, Sir Cello Pup knows that I love doing all of the events at the same time. It's also the really the only way to get them done in Legend League because if they're a three-day event uh, and you have to win 15, that means that takes two days worth of attacks to get them done. So you've, you've got to do them all at the same time. Sir Cello Pup, as soon as they started, he started playing around and came up with an army, shared it with me, uh, sent, it, sent, it, sent me a DM on Discord with it. And it is essentially a Queen Charge uh hybrid but we take out some of the 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 hogs and miners and add in the valks so what i'm what i'm using is five valkyries these this is in my camps five valkyries 13 miners one inferno dragon so that takes care of the event troops 
The sixth Valkyrie, because the event requires six Valkyrie, is in the CC. We'll get to that in a moment. But five Valkyries, 13 Miners, one Inferno Dragon, 10 Hogs. Then the either uh, Warden Walk or, or Queen Charge portion, five Healers, two Coco Loons, um, and some Super Wall Breakers. And then I'm taking three Rages, two Heals, and a Poison uh, that I brew for myself. And then I'm taking two Freezes and an Invisibility spell in the CC. I think... Sir Cello had it different where he was having a CC, um, I think maybe it was Poison and Rage. Whenever I'm coming up with these armies, I always like to have my spells in the same spot. So if I take two Rages of my own and then have a Rage from the CC, that extends my little deployment bar out. Um, so I will always brew that, uh, that third Rage myself and then figure out what three spell space uh, would make the most sense to have donated to me, even if it's spells that people don't normally have cooked up. Um, I would rather have my deployment bar be shorter and have all of the similar spells in the same spot, as opposed to, you know, if I took a, a rage and one freeze in the CC and then had two rages and another freeze on my bar, that, that just extends everything out, and that's where I end up forgetting about troops that I have because they've got hidden, so that, that's the, why I did it the way that I did. Uh, then I have cooked up for myself a Siege Barracks, a Wall Wrecker, a Log Launcher, and then take a Battle Blimp um, that's donated from my, my clan. And the CC is a Yeti bomb. So two Yetis, a Valk, and then um, a Barbarian. Uh, depending on what the base is, if I can Queen Walk the Town Hall, because there's a lot of external Town Halls right now, I'm going to be Queen Walking the Town Hall, trying to get that down first so that I don't have to deal with the, the poison from that. If the Town Hall centralized, then, then we potentially still do a queen walk but the goal or a queen charge and the goal then is going to be like the eagle artillery and the cc uh, if i can take out the town hall with the queen charge portion of it then i'm going to go with a siege barracks and use that to help funnel another corner and then just like you do with a normal normal hybrid Miners, Hogs, Grand Warden, uh, hopefully you're going to carve out an L-shape for them to follow and have a couple troops on the outside to funnel them to keep them inside, which is where that Siege Barracks comes in handy because that P.E.K.K.A. and the Wizards are going to be funneling the outside trash stuff. Once it falls out, I'm going to have those Yetis coming in uh, and tearing stuff up on the outside with the Yeti Mites then still being able to reach over the walls. I've I've done fairly well with it. Um, the first couple times I used it, I think I got a one star because, again, I hate hybrid. I can't do it, y'all. Um, and it just took me a little, bit, a little bit of time to figure out what to do. Uh, yesterday was the first day that I used it all day. I think I finished with three triples with it, um, but it still was only a little over 200 cups. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't an OP day for me in Legend League. Today, again, I started off with this and I ended up with uh, one one star because I, well, honestly, I think I chose the wrong. Um, I dropped a siege barracks when I was supposed to be holding on to it and using it for a bomb. Uh, so right, if the town hall is in the center, then I'm going to be using the battle blimp. I'm going to be sending the battle blimp in once I clear out some. Uh, clear out a good path for it and then drop in a rage and letting the yetis and the valk take care of the town hall and whatever is around it um, and i've i've like i said i think i got three triples in day one today so far i think i have two more triples with it uh and then some mid-range 
um, two stars. So it's it's not an OP strategy that's destroying everything like the uh, the clone hybrid is right now, but it's getting these events done. So that's what I'm using. I shared that army in the Discord server. If you'd like to see what it is, you can you can copy it there, and uh, hopefully you're able to knock out these events and get all of those rewards. And if you don't need the rewards, all of the gems from the rewards, and then uh you'll be able to continue progressing on with your base. All right. Final, final segment. Well, maybe, uh, I had a question from knob because last week I talked about, um, the, the, the coffee that I was able to score a good discount on. And then the different roasters that, that, uh, had two different, had the same crop of coffee from two different roasters and was talking about the difference in flavors and, one of them was in a glass jar, and I mentioned that the glass jars for coffee was odd to me, and Knob reminded me to, to discuss, why is that odd? Well, with any, with any food, any fresh product, you have three main enemies, and those enemies are oxygen, moisture, and light. Um, those three things, either separate or combined together with other stuff going on, can really wreak havoc on a fresh product. Um, that's what then causes oxidation, mold, mildew, uh, light, the, the sunlight, the UV rays can break things down and, and cause chemical reactions within them. So that's why a lot of things, you know, a lot of fresh foods we want to store in a cool, dark place, uh, store in the refrigerator. Yes, the light in your refrigerator turns off. I know that you know, some of you guys are still stuck watching, you know, to see if that light turns on and off when you close your door. It does. It does. You don't, you don't need to jump in there yourself and figure it out. But oxygen, moisture, and light. Those are things that can wreak havoc on the freshness of coffee. Most um, specialty coffee is going to be uh, sent to the consumer in a bag. Now, there's actually some really cool science that has gone into developing storage containers for coffee. Uh, the first time that I saw this was actually, I think, on a, an episode of Good Eats uh, with Alton Brown and talking about what happens with coffee. And it, it if you're a science nerd uh, with, with physics or chemistry, these types of things, um, like I've, I've been known to be, it, it really is kind of cool uh, to, to look at what technologies were developed just around different food items it's super cool so coffee when it's roasted uh, for like the next 10 days after it's roasted it it does what's called off-gassing it releases co2 uh, and if you've ever picked up a bag or even some of the canisters of coffee you'll notice that there is a little valve there's going to be a little hole in the outside portion of the bag and if you squeeze that bag of coffee it's going to force the air from inside the bag out. Now this was developed so that bags of coffee wouldn't burst because the CO2 that's being released, if you seal that coffee tightly and there's nowhere for that, that CO2 to get out, then the bags could actually burst. So the you know, the scientists that are working on this, they developed a, it's a one-way valve um, that, that is able to be used to let the CO2 out of the coffee, but not let any other air back in. And then those, yes, there were one-way valves that were in place and all kinds of things, but there was some, the application of it in a, in a 
in the food industry really started with uh, the, the development of, of keep trying to keep coffee fresh. Now these one-way valves are used in all sorts of things. Um, I, I like I like sauerkraut, y'all. I like really good sauerkraut with some some bratwurst or or some kielbasa. Uh, you know, I grew up in Northeast Ohio where there's a lot of Polish influence, so we eat a lot of that types of food. And fresh sauerkraut is fermented and it does the same thing. It releases gas as it's going. Well, there's there's a company from Cleveland, Ohio that makes good fresh sauerkraut, no preservatives in it other than just the natural fermentation stuff. And those things have that same little one-way valve in it. It's it's kind of cool to see these little valves that are now being used in the food industry and it all started with trying to keep coffee fresh. Well, a glass container, you can't squeeze the air out of the glass container. Um, if that can, if that glass container doesn't also have a one-way valve on it, there is a potential for it to actually break the seal. Um, it would take a lot. Uh, it would probably take some really weak glass and a lot of coffee for it to actually break the glass. But it does. Um, I do store some of my coffee in some glass containers, but I either have to put a special valve in the the canning lid um, so it's you know regular mason jars with the you know canning lids but then they have these lids that have little valves on them for releasing the gas or i have to what we call burp the containers so I go in and every other day or so i have to you know crack the seal on it and let the excess gas out and it, it really you can it it burps the, the the silly uh the glass jar will do that you know, crack the seal and it, it it just you know burps at you weird um so that's part of the reason that we don't usually use glass. We use these uh, lined paper bags uh, that have that one-way valve in it to let the gas out. Now, once we have broken that seal, breaking that seal then lets oxygen in, right? Well, oxygen is the enemy because oxygen oxidizes things and it, it reduces freshness. Opening the seal can also let humidity in the air in, and humidity is moisture. So then moisture and oxygen, we're just going to promote uh, killing the freshness and potentially letting bacteria and other things grow. Well, in a bag, even though I open it, I now let some oxygen in, I can now roll that bag back down, uh, seal it up with the tape that comes with it, and squeeze as much of the excess air out as possible. Now, the coffee is still releasing CO2, so as it releases CO2, that release of air is going to then force more and more of the oxygen out. So that's why we like the bags. If I crack the seal on a jar, yes, there may have not been any oxygen in there to begin with, but as soon as I tip that thing to dump some, some of the coffee beans out, to, so I'm going to dump them onto my, onto my uh, scale and then into the grinder, right? Well, I can't force any of the oxygen out. So now, yes, the CO2 is still being generated inside there, but I can't force the excess oxygen out. So it's stuck. Same thing with the moisture that might have been in the air. I can't force that out. Now, the, the jar that was being used by these guys was a clear jar. The jars that I use at home for some of my storage is a dark amber. It's almost the same color as like a beer bottle, the old amber beer bottles, so that I can keep the light out. And I am only opening, this is for my long-term storage where I will use them. Uh, I will only open the jar, uh, fill it with my large bags of coffee, and then close them up. And then I'll sit there and do my little, you know, crack them every day or so to let the, the CO2 out. But the dark glass prevents the light from coming in. These guys were, were serving it up 
in a clear glass jar so the light can come in I can't get out the excess oxygen I can't get out the excess moisture uh, so it's just going to promote to it's just going to promote that uh, that coffee getting stale faster now some other storage tips I don't know if your your grandma taught you to, to keep your coffee in the refrigerator or in the freezer well let me let me tell you why that's not a good thing either what happens when you pull something out of the freezer and you let it sit out for a little bit it gets condensation on it right just like you have you know have a glass of ice water it pulls moisture out of the air which puts condensation on the outside of the glass and that's where you get you know rings on your table if you're not using coasters and whatnot the same thing happens if you keep your coffee uh, stored below room temperature so if it's in the refrigerator or the freezer every time you open it yeah it might the, the cold temperatures will uh, slow down any oxidation but every time you open that container it's going to suck in moisture from the air which will then condense on the cold coffee grounds so now I have moisture in there so now I'm going to end up with either some freezer burn or just again moisture doesn't help either so the best way to store coffee is in the the lined paper bags that it comes in fold it down reseal it and it's going to be in a you know a cool dark place not refrigerated not frozen now if your coffee is sealed so it's been sealed uh, from the company and you want to you're not going to be opening it for a while then you can freeze it and actually slow down the the off gassing so if I get say two bags from the same company because you know I, I get a deal on shipping I'm gonna to toss one of those bags in the freezer I'm gonna be using the other one on my coffee bar when the other one is empty when that first one's empty I'm gonna pull that one out of the freezer and let it come up to room temperature before I open it so now I'm not letting moisture get introduced into the coffee I'm not letting light get in there and I'm trying to keep as much oxygen out as possible so that's why I see a specialty coffee roaster that is that is selling their beans in a sealed glass jar that's clear that's why that seemed odd to me because it's just not gonna it's not gonna help keep things as fresh as possible all right so back to some class content y'all uh, SCCWL coming up we're getting ready to spin that we in the Knights of Zion are in our last war before SCCWL so that we can make our final adjustments to our roster we did it guys we got to over 30 town hall 14s uh, within Knights of Zion family so we're going to be taking 16 maybe 17 town hall 14s uh, that are gonna stay in Knights of Zion which is in champions 2 and we're going to be sending the rest of the town hall 14s to Jericho rising which is in champions 3 so that all of our town hall 14s can take advantage of these champion league medals uh, thank you to the guys that came over and joined us um, new this month last week we talked about jr coming over uh he passed his trials so congratulations for that another new guy that we have goes by the name of clay thompson all right just for a second i don't know that clay listens to the um to the podcast but let me tell you as a diehard cleveland cavaliers fan not really a fan of that name clay not really a fan of that name anyway <laughs> uh clay came in um slightly rushed but we were like, we're going to take a chance on this guy and, and see, even though he has some slightly rushed stuff, how he does. Um, and the guy, his every war attack he has done has been a three-star. So, yeah, um, pretty sure he's he's going to be doing just fine, even though he's got some slightly rushed troops. Uh, yeah, and he actually has 
two accounts. So what we're looking at right now is we've got two new guys to the clan who might actually be making the KOZ roster for Champs 2. Uh, while we have many, many other folks that are going to be going to our Champs 3 clan being Jericho Rising. Really doesn't matter, y'all. Um, everybody's going to be getting some awesome league medals from this. Uh, I'm hoping that, that whoever we send down to JR, don't feel like you're not good. We have been working and working and working so that you wouldn't have to go to a Crystal League clan or go and find you know another clan. Um, but that's what we've been working on. We finally got that. Now for the bad news. That means that Eden's Edge will not be having any of our Town Hall 14s going to compete with them. Uh, Eden's Edge is sitting in Crystal 1. Uh, we've been doing 30v30 wars there in CWL for a long time. They promoted up to Crystal 1 a couple months ago and have been holding steady there. I don't know that we actually, we didn't intentionally work to get them promoted to Crystal 1 because we knew at some point we were going to be uh, running all of our 14s between K KOZ and JR and that that would really hinder what Eden's Edge is able to do. So here's what I'm my goal is for this month past month uh, up until this point i've been focusing on getting town hall 14s into koz so that we could run these two champion league clans this month my goal is to recruit for eden's edge more uh, these guys really need to be the focus so that we can uh, not let our our 11s 12s and 13s just uh go to waste that is not what we want at all so if you are a town hall preferably 12 or 13 who's looking for a somewhat competitive place to go. We we have a, a few folks in the clans who are going out and participating in some of the uh, 11, 12, and 13 league type things. Uh, usually during the month, we have a couple 14s that are bouncing in and out and do regular wars. Uh, and in the past, we have had Town Hall 14s that participated in CWL there. But this month, because of what's going on with us trying to do KOZ and JR and a few of our Town Hall 14 guys that are out on uh, business trips and family trips and vacations and whatnot, uh, we just don't we don't have enough now to send to Eden's Edge. So if you're a Town Hall 12 or 13 or an 11, if you're an 11, you better have absolutely maxed every single thing at Town Hall 10. And uh, we're almost to the point where I'm, I'm, we're going to not be taking brand new Town Hall 11s because we have so many Town Hall 11s. We really need to get some of the slightly higher tier folks. So the real focus is going to be 12s and 13s. Um, consider joining Eden's Edge. We, we've got a great community, um, large Discord server, actually two Discord servers because there's the public one for the Klaus Gaming family and then the private server for the KOZ and Eden's Edge uh, group of folks. Some of the benefits, y'all, we've got great teachers in the clan who would love to help you learn how to do your attacks at Town Hall 11, 12, and 13. Uh, we have a clan level subscription to Burnt Base so that you can get your instant access to any of your Burnt Base searches. Um, we've got some great management tools within the Discord server. And we've got several content creators within the clan. Um, myself, yeah, whatever. You know, this little tiny podcast doesn't really matter. Um, Proverbs 31 is one of the co-leaders in that clan with uh, Clash on the Potty. We just absolutely love her. It is part of the Klaus Gaming family. And uh, Klaus is going to start to pick up more of his... Uh, interaction with the supporters and the fans uh, now that the summer's over things are starting to settle down for him and he's looking to do a lot more uh, maybe some more streams and some supporter events and and whatnot so there's some benefits there where hey you might actually get featured on a YouTube channel with over 500,000 subscribers so uh, if you would 
like to uh, maybe participate and go hang out with Proverbs 31, check out uh, the Klaus Gaming Discord servers and uh, submit an application there. We would love to have you over there. So that is going to be my focus this month is getting some more folks into Eden's Edge and helping them get some more uh, Town Hall 12s and 13s and maybe even some 14s and uh, seeing what we can do from there. All right, y'all. Um, I think that's going to be about it. We, we, we've rambled on about uh, seasonal troops, about events, about interviews with Darian, and uh, now it's time for me to go continue on with my day. I want to thank you all for riding along with me and keeping me company while I was heading to work, and I look forward to chatting with everybody in the Discord servers. Be sure to uh, drop me a line if you have any questions that you would like asked on the, the podcast, drop them into questions for catfish. If you just want to chat with me, hit me up. I'm in, in several different Discord servers. Brand new Discord server that I just joined. Um, if you want to know where that is, I suggest you go listen to Clash Tips, their latest episode. So Tip Dog 20, uh, call me T. Those guys uh, had an announcement in their latest episode, and um, well, just go listen to it. That's all I'm going to say from there. Y'all, uh, have a fantastic week in CWL. Can't wait to see how everybody does. To the folks that are participating in the scrims, good luck to everybody out there. We've been on by for two weeks now, getting ready for the massive showdown between Jericho Rising and Knights of Zion is going to be going down this week. Eden's Edge, I believe... I don't remember who Eden's Edge is. is. Oh, Eden's Edge is going to be facing off against Old Kids on the Block. Uh, they lost to Hive last week, unfortunately. And what else happened? What else happened? Oh, the Filthy Tryhards. Um, congratulations on that streak you've got going. Um, keep up the good work with that streak to the Filthy Tryhards. Love you guys. Love you, Hero and Historian and Tribe of Judah for that episode of uh, the only Clash podcast. Y'all? That's it. That's it from Catfish for today. Be safe and have some fun while you're out there playing in traffic. Bye for now.